Hi, this is Pam Oaks, host of Car Care for the Clueless, coming to you via the webtalkradio.net. I'm going to be joining you for a half hour each week to discuss not how to repair your vehicle, but how to have your vehicle repaired, preferably by an ASC certified technician like myself. Our topics will be ranging from what octane to put in your tank to how to get your vehicle ready for that long vacation. Our broadcast is based on my latest book, Car Care for the Clueless, or how you can make money while maintaining your vehicle. As I said before, I'm an ASC certified technician, and I also own a shop for the past 16 years, and let me tell you, I've seen a lot. And just when I think that I've seen everything, something else pops up. Now that you know a little something about me, uh, let's have you take advantage of my experiences and learn about your vehicle. Today we're going to be talking about fuel economy, and also our gadget guru, Peter Sudak, is back this week with another automotive add-on. First, let's give our email sender a call. On the phone today, Sandy from Florida, she was writing about how much her fuel pump cost. She said it was in the hundreds, and she says this was money she could have used somewhere else on her tight budget, and what could she have done to make the fuel pump last longer? Well, let's give Sandy a call and hear the whole story, shall we? This is Sandy. Hi, Sandy. This is Pam Oaks, host of Car Care for the Clueless. How are you today? Oh, good, good. Glad you called. Good. You know, my Lexus wouldn't start. Yes. And I knew it wasn't the battery uh, because, you know, it turned over. Mm-hmm. I had it towed in, and they said it was a fuel pump. And how would I have known that it was a fuel pump? Mm, good question. The layman really wouldn't have known it was a fuel pump versus a battery. Yeah. You know, they would both have basically the same symptoms. With a battery, you still would have 12 volt, and you'd be able to use your radio, your light, your horn, so on really? and so forth. Yes. Oh, okay. So with a fuel pump, your battery is still fully charged, and even though you can't turn it over, you still have use of your lights, your horn, your radio, etc. So the average person wouldn't be able to tell that it was a battery versus a fuel pump. Well, how often do you have to replace a fuel pump? Um, not as often as people think. There are ways of maintaining a fuel pump, believe it or not, even though most fuel pumps are located inside one's gas tank. Really? Yes. Um, keeping the fuel level above a quarter tank ensures that the fuel actually keeps the pump cool, believe it or not, and there's less of a strain on it. Another thing is you don't put additives in your fuel tank. You'll see all uh, these additives at the grocery store or at right. a auto parts store. You don't put those in. The thing that I do, and most people are in a hurry and they don't, but I don't like working in my own car after hours, is I always make sure that they hadn't put fuel in the ground tanks at the gas station before I pump. Because even though that they're sealed and so on and so forth, when they open the tanks up, there's dirt on the caps, leaves and sand and so on and so forth. So when they open that up to put the hose on it to fill it up from the tanker, that does get in the tank. And after a period of time, that builds up a little bit on the bottom. So when they put the fuel from the tanker into the in-ground tanks at the gas station, they'll stir it up. 
That's so. amazing. So how, how would I know that they had done that or not? I always ask. I take wow. two minutes. I go in. Has Tanker been here today? And they said yes. I says, was it, you know, this morning or this afternoon? You know, just so I have an idea. Because, you know, you do two minutes there and two minutes here, and it saves you money because you're not doing a fuel pump. Amazing. Well, I had another question, too. Why are those fuel pumps, why are they so expensive? Before, they used to have mechanical pumps, which were located on the side of the engine. The drivability issues and our fuel economy issues, uh, we needed room. They put it in the gas tank. Before, you used to purchase just the little pump that was on the fuel pump assembly. Now, they make you purchase an entire fuel pump assembly, which also has some sensors on it because, again, that's for our fuel economy and emission control. We don't want to put any noxious fumes into the atmosphere, and so it's all circulated through that pump assembly and to various parts of the car where there are monitors for that. It's a whole lot more complicated than I realized, I guess, huh? Mm -hmm. It's not like it used to be. Well, Pam, my other question was how could I really prevent this from happening, but I think I heard you say that if I never let the tank get below a quarter full, right, and that I check when I go to the pump to whether or not they put fuel in the ground, is there anything else that I should do? No, remember everything is mechanical, and there are mechanical limits by design. There are ways you can reduce having fuel pumps installed. And whether you put one in there twice in the life of the car or once depends upon you. And I would choose to have one installed once in the life of the car. I drive cars for a long, long time. And I have had cars that I've never had to touch the fuel pump. Really? Wow. And it's just by doing those you know, doing the right things. things. Yeah, doing the right thing. The other thing is that they have an ethanol blend. Now, each region of the U.S. is different, but they do have ethanol blends. And for an example, and this is straight across the U.S., if your car does not take E85, it's an ethanol blend E85, and it comes in a yellow gas pump handle, hmm. and that yellow gas pump handle must match the yellow gas cap in your car. Oh, really? I had no idea. If you put that in your car, and you do not have the yellow matching gas cap, you will do damage. In fact, if it's a newer vehicle still under warranty, you'll void the warranty. Now you'd say, well, why would I put E85 in my car? Well, it's a little cheaper, and they boast about how it's better for the environment. That's true, but it's only cheaper and better for the environment when it is installed in vehicles that require it only. Well, there's times you don't want to go green. Is that what they call it? Yes, that's going green, yes. Yeah. Yes, because you don't want to damage anything. But I hope we helped. Oh, you definitely did. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. Take care. Thank you. Other fuel-related misnomers that we hadn't discussed with Sandy, these miracle products and fuel additives. You know, you go to the grocery store, go to the auto parts store, and you, there's a plethora of these fuel additives, improve your economy. No, they don't work. As a matter of fact, the manufacturers do not want you putting this in their vehicles. Then there's those who want to blend things together. Um, some people have heard of blending kerosene or diesel into the gasoline. Please do not do this. You'll be coming to see me or another shop in the very, very, very near future with very expensive consequences. So don't do that either. And here's another one of my favorites that I've run into and had to replace engines because of it. People will put like a acetone in there or some methanol or whatever they think that 
they can use as a combustive additive for their gasoline into their vehicle's fuel system. This is a huge no-no. Um, you're not a chemist. If you don't have an automotive engineering degree and chemistry degree, you don't need to be doing this because if you did, you would know you don't do this. So please, 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 this is going to save you money and it probably could save somebody's life because this is very volatile and we don't want anything exploding in anyone's face or body or while you're driving and so on and so forth. So leave the chemistry to the automotive engineers. Stay with the gasoline. Some automotive manufacturers will have additives that you purchase at the dealership specifically for that vehicle only. It's not a mix and match and see who has the best product. It doesn't work that way. So if you have to have an additive in your car because it makes you feel better, uh, psychologically you think it performs better, go to the dealership and purchase the manufacturer fuel additive only. That's the only recommendation I have for that. The air pressure in your tire. This is extremely important for fuel economy. Not having the proper pressure in your tires will reduce your fuel economy, it will reduce your steering gear and suspension performance, it will reduce your braking performance. The vehicle is designed to have a specific amount of PSI per tire, which in each vehicle, if you don't know, is located in your door jam. It'll tell you the front PSI pressure and the rear PSI pressure. That needs to be in there all times for it to run the way the manufacturer has designed it and you need to keep it that way. As of putting nitrogen in it, that's a, another topic entirely that we will be covering in the future and personally I don't recommend it. None of the tire manufacturers endorse it nor do the manufacturers endorse it. I know individual dealerships they will sell nitrogen but the manufacturers are not endorsing it at this time. The things you could do are, are remarkable by putting the proper amount of air pressure in your tires versus being lazy about it basically and letting it go. So please start this habit, start this habit this month. Another thing you can do, your air filter. Have your ASC certified technician show you how to remove the air filter. You remove the air filter, you smack it against the tire one direction, you flip it around and smack it the other direction. You wouldn't believe the dirt and sand and leaves and everything else we pull out of it. This is robbing you fuel economy because the car cannot get the proper amount of air into the throttle body. And that's an entirely different subject too. But we want you to keep this air filter clean. If you are unable to do this, your ASC certified technician should be doing this for you. Just stop by at my shop. I don't charge for this and we do it all the time. In Florida where we're located, would not believe the sand and dirt we got out of the air filter. And other than that, there's nothing wrong with them. So why buy another air filter when you can easily just dust it off with some compressed air? Gently, I might add. It's a great savings to you. The other thing is using the proper engine oil for your vehicle. Each vehicle, each manufacturer has a specific rating of the oil weight that they require for that specific model, make, year, engine. Whomever is doing your oil changes, they should know this. If they don't know, give them your manual. I mean, it's even on most oil caps underneath the hood. Make sure that you're getting that specific oil weight in your vehicle. This too will save you money. Here's another great tip. Empty your trunk. You would not believe the stuff that people keep in their trunk for no reason whatsoever. If bully nights on Tuesday, 
Wednesday morning, you don't need to have the bowling ball still in your trunk. You would not believe the stuff that we have to dig through when we do a flat repair for somebody and to put their spare tire, I don't even know how they got the tire out of there to begin with, to put their spare tire back in its place. I mean, one day I know we're going to be going through that stuff and we're going to find Lucy with Margaret Leakey because I'm telling you, it is an archaeological expedition right there in somebody's trunk. Empty it out. You don't need all that stuff, trust me. If you did, you'd never have to go home, and I'm sure you all go home in the evening. And for you soccer moms and baseball mom and dads and football mom and dads, and don't want to leave anybody out here, uh, you know that equipment? doesn't need to be in the back there either. No, there's a place, I'm sure, for the garage or in the mudroom for it. And, and just think, little by little, it doesn't matter if it weighs 8 ounces, 10 ounces, all these ounces add up. And these ounces add up for more weight the car has to pull, and the more weight the car has to pull, the more gas it uses. The more gas it uses, the more you end up at the gas station. So we don't want to do this. And another thing I in here all the time, first of all, it's not good for your car, but when you're sitting there and you're idling and you're waiting for your children to leave school, you're waiting for your children to end sports practice, piano lessons, it doesn't matter. Turn the car off. It's not good for the car. It's not good overall for the performance of the car. It's not good for the cooling system for the car. It's not good for your fuel economy because it's idling and it's just drinking gas. Why do this? Just think of the money you would save if you just turn the key off. Not worth it. Turn the key off, turn the radio on accessory, listen to your favorite tunes, wait for the kids. If it's hot out, if it's cold out, I mean, make concessions for that. We don't want you having heat stroke or hypothermia. But don't let the car idle. Not good. Another thing that you can do to save fuel, combine your trips. Meaning, if you have to go to the mall, you have to go grocery shopping, you have to go to the shoe store, don't make three trips. Do it in one trip. One time out of the house, one time back. And plan your route. I mean, don't go to the north of the city to go shoe shopping and then go south to go grocery shopping and then go back north to go to the mall. That's silly. Plan your route out. Have a plan of attack and just follow that. And if you want to stop in between, that's great. That's even better because that's a one less trip. And this not only saves fuel, it saves you time, personal time. And you can't put a dollar number on personal time. If you're just tuning in, this is Car Care for the Clueless. I'm your host, Pam Oaks, and we're talking about fuel economy and what we can do and you can do for your car to go farther on that tank of gas. So, okay, we've limited the amount of trips that we take, and we're not idling anymore, and we're paying attention to how we take off at lights and how we stop. So, what's next? Oh, eventually we're going to have to stop at the gas station, aren't we? So when that happens, there's a plethora of service stations out there that we can choose from. But which one do I go to? Okay, I'll tell you what. I'm going to go to the one that has the cheapest dollar per gallon because I'm on a fixed budget and that's what I can afford. That's not always good. Let me explain to you about top tier fuel. Some of you have heard this, some not. So bear with me if you had heard it in the past. Top tier fuel was designed by engineers from the petroleum companies upon request from six automotive manufacturers. General Motors, VW, Honda, Toyota, Audi, and BMW. They all got together and they said, this is the formula that we need in our fuel to make our vehicles run at peak performance and peak fuel economy. Ask your ASC certified technician, they have it readily available, 
of which stations do carry the top tier fuel in your area of the US. Now, we're not talking about premium gas. We're talking about all grades of gas, but they have the fuel additive in them that makes your engine run cleaner, smoother, higher miles per gallon, less emissions. It's great. I've been using it for years and years and years. I have my parents using it. The EPA loves top tier fuels. I love top tier fuels because it gives me better fuel economy. And on a piece of paper, if you write down my fuel economy and how much I spent versus if I went to the discount that did not have the top tier and how much I spent per gallon, on paper, that is on paper, you can't go and ask them, you will eventually get a free tank of gas. Now, I know last time I filled up, it was almost $80. What could I do with $80? I can think of a lot of things to do with $80. I just found $80 in my future because I used a quality top tier fuel. And you can too. It's that easy. The correct fuel station to fuel up your vehicle. Now, one of the top tier companies, which I'm going to remain nameless, also deliver fuel at one of the discount warehouses. But at the discount warehouse, they're not getting the top tier fuel. They're just getting it straight from the refinery and they're not getting the quality top tier fuel that specific petroleum company sells. That does not mean that that's what's going in the discount warehouse gas tanks and pumps. So like I do, I use top tier fuel. It's extremely beneficial to my car. And if I do the math on paper, I'm going to be getting money back. Well, that's wonderful. It's just like keeping air in your tires. You get money back from there because you're not buying more tires. And, and by using a top tier fuel, I'm not going to be working on my own car after hours. And everybody can appreciate that. Nobody likes to work after hours at their job, especially when it's something that they didn't have to do in the beginning if they paid attention and behaved themselves and did what was right. In this case, what's right for my car and for yours. Another fuel economy saving tip, slow down and drive. You're not going to get there any quicker. And if you did, it's only going to be by a couple of minutes. It's not worth it. It's not worth a possible ticket. It's not worth the wear and tear in your car. And it's not worth it when you go to fill up that you're sitting there swearing at yourself, you're driving like a lunatic and having to go to the gas pump sooner than you would have if you just slowed down. When you take off and you give it that full open throttle and it's on the floor and it sounds great, yeah but it sounds even nicer when you're driving past the gas station because you didn't have to stop because you were driving at a slow, reasonable pace. All you have to do is just be involved in your car. You just have to ask. So it's about time in our program to uh, talk to our gadget guru, Peter Sudak. Like I said before in the past, Peter has more than uh, 22 years experience in automotive parts and the repair industry. So uh, he's pretty savvy himself in that area. So I'm sure he has a trick or two for us this week. Uh, let's find out. Hello. Hi, Peter. How are you? This is Pam Oaks, host of Car Care for the Clueless. Hi, Pam. How you doing? Good. What do you have for us this week? Well, what I found out when I was out there browsing around for other gadgets that they've got out there is I found a backup camera, which Ooh. is activated when you put the car in reverse. Oh, 
How nice. That'd be great for like an SUV or a pickup truck. Yes, it'll work, work for RVs that aren't a camper home, anybody with a trailer, pickup trucks, large vehicles. You know, uh, anybody that can't really has a hard time turning their head around to see behind them. I never thought about an RV. Yeah, it would work. It work on a lot of different applications. It looks like it'd be a pretty decent product. So it's, it's universal. So it can go on any type of vehicle. That's correct. Yes. That's very interesting. Can I install this myself if I was a novice? Uh, I was reading the directions to install it, and unless you're fairly car savvy, if you understand wiring diagrams and know which wire to tap into and how to route the wires. Um, they say it's very easy to install, but if you don't know how the wiring goes or you're not sure about which wires to hook up or how to route them or this and that, um, I think for the average layperson it would probably be a little difficult to install, so that's why I'd probably recommend not take a chance and have a ASC certified technician take care of that and they can install it for you. Oh, okay. So it's just not plug and play. No, because you actually have to take part of the car, a part of the plastic part to tap into the actual wires that go into the backup lights. And that's how it actually turns on. I mean, uh -huh. the part of attaching it to the license plate, the camera is real simple. Uh -huh. And mounting the monitor on the dash is real simple. It's a suction cup. But actually tapping into the wire, that's the difficult part for, I would think, for most people. And I think I would probably have a problem with it myself. That's why I'd have a technician do it for me. Okay. So this monitor, it actually does not mount and you don't have holes in your dash then? No. Well, that's good. Because just, in case... Yeah, basically the monitor self-powers up. It plugs into a cigarette lighter and it's got an on-off button on it. Um, the camera only gets activated when you put it in reverse when it's plugged in. Mm -hmm. So it, it won't drain the battery or anything. It'll it'll shut off when you hit the power button, but just works off a little 12-volt uh, receptacle that you have in your car. Oh, okay. So if I were to sell my truck and purchase another truck, I could take this backup camera with me then? Yes, you could. Oh, nice. And what's the average price on them? Uh, I believe the average price was about 70 to $80 for, for the unit, mm -hmm. and then whatever charge... The uh, shop that you take it to would charge you to install it. Yeah, would it take an hour, two hours? Um, probably for them, I would think probably about an hour, I would think, because mm -hmm. they know their wiring diagrams, because the, even the directions said you need to get into the wiring diagrams to try and figure it out. And I've looked at wiring diagrams before, and they can get pretty complex, so... Oh, for the specific vehicle then? Right. Okay. So you have to, if you're putting it on a Dodge truck, you've got to pull a wiring up for a Dodge truck for the specific model that you have, so you make sure you tap into the right wire. Uh, you know, Chevy Impala, you've got to do the same thing. You've got to mm -hmm. find a way to route the wires, you know, from the license plate, you know, through the car. And it's just, I think for the average layperson, it would be a little too difficult of a task to take on to do properly. You know, unless you're mechanically savvy, then it won't be a problem at all. You know, you brought up a point, which is a good point, that someone who is older and had a little arthritis in their neck and they couldn't turn around like they used to. Right. This could actually benefit them as well in a, you know, yeah. car. Basically, in a nutshell, for people who can't really, you know, who use side view mirrors, so that's all well and good. But if you can't see directly behind you, there could be somebody directly behind you that you can't see if you can't turn your head around. 
uh, the camera will pick up anything three feet and beyond on the back of your vehicle. So if something is lower, mm-hmm. like if somebody is laying down behind the vehicle, I'm being hypothetical here. Oh, like a kid or something like that. Right, if they're laying down mm-hmm. underneath the vehicle or something like that, the camera would not pick that up. So it doesn't pick up every single thing that's behind you. It's just from three foot on is where it will pick up the uh, objects or objects that you're looking for or trying to avoid. So this isn't a substitute to check behind your car before you back out? That's correct, yes. So just do, you know, if you're in the parking lot, you know, just take a quick look out there and make sure nobody's there, then you should be good to go. Great. That sounds really interesting and they're available anywhere. Yeah, basically at the most auto parts stores, I saw them. I saw them in a few different parts stores. So it looks like it's a pretty common item that's coming out. So it should be readily available at basically any auto parts store. Well, thanks for the advice and the the tip there, Peter. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Next week, uh, up and coming topics that you, the listeners, have emailed us and asked us about. How do I know when a tech is telling me the truth about my car? It's going to be a very good topic. Um, When should you have a tune-up on your car? And uh, how to purchase tires. Again, this is Pam Oaks, host of Car Care for the Clueless. Looking forward to meeting with you again next week. If you have any car questions and you'd like to have us answer them on the show, please email me at carcareforthecluelless. That's carcare, the number four, clueless. AOL.com, all one word. If you'd like to purchase my book, Car Care for the Clueless, or how you can make money while maintaining your vehicle, please go to Amazon.com slash books. It's available in paperback, and you can download it to your digital media, your computer, your iPhone, or it's also available for your Kindle. And remember, you too can be a savvy car care consumer. Until next week, take care.